Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live presented by Kaleida Health. Welcome back to One Bills Live. We are in our final hour of our Friday show. We're going till three o'clock. Maddie Glab alongside Steve Tasker. And our final show before we hit the weekend. We've got a fresh slate of shows next week. I'll be on with Steve Tasker on Monday afternoon as well as we all take some vacations, some trips. That's right. Rightfully so, definitely earned. In this hour of the show, we'd like to bring on a good friend of the show, NFL Films senior producer Greg Cosell, who also co-hosts ESPN's NFL Matchup, is joining us now. Greg, we are so happy to have you on with us. I know, I mean, we wish we were talking about an upcoming <laughs> Super Bowl matchup yes. yeah. right now. We're lamenting Instead, the fact that we've got we're the... we're talking f- about the offseason. Yeah, we're lamenting the fact that we all have a free weekend because we were actually <laughs> making other plans and they fell through. So... <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, unfortunately, I mean, it's nice. I'll probably have a little bit of a free weekend, but uh, I head down to Phoenix on Wednesday because we always shoot the matchup show on site. Right the day before the game so kind of looking forward to that that'll be fun we also love that you're repping a bills hoodie we're all yeah you know i, I did it for you guys stuff. appreciate I had it I had to, you know <laughs> yeah we we probably gotta you gotta have a closet full of all 32 teams though right i mean you gotta you just <laughs> i don't point. actually i, I don't what? it's not it's not alphabetical and you go a for the oh no, no i i don't but, well, uh, but I love this. This is great. Well, we got we're we're neck deep in the off season already. Yeah. I know you got to still deal with the Super Bowl, but we're talking about stuff and you know pending free yep. agents, free agents for the Bills. And one of the questions we've got going on has to do with you know obviously Tremaine Edmonds, who you know Bills he's been polarizing for Bills fans since since day one. Um, you know he's this big, huge, physical um, guy who's in the middle of the right. defense. The team really loves him. Uh, fans are not enamored with the way or his style of play. But when you ask around other teams, other teams covet a guy like him. They, you know, he'll command a big number on the free agent markup. How important is he 
specifically to the to the defense do you think you know, I think players like that are really important. They're, they're not impact players the way fans think of impact players, Steve, because he's not used as a pass rusher very often, so he's not going to have high sack numbers. Rarely in their scheme is he asked to cover tight ends, uh, which is obviously a marquee and a very visible thing. So, uh, you know, he's really an anchor in the middle of the defense, and, and every team needs one of those players. Now, People can debate whether that player should demand X amount of dollars or not. That's a debate for each and every team. You know, that's a different question. Um, but I think in the context of what they do and what he's asked to do, he does it very well. Is he, you know, one of those big-time impact middle linebackers? You know, is he Luke Keekley when Luke Keekley was with Carolina? No, but he's a, he's a really solid player, and I bet if you spoke to Leslie Frazier, which maybe you have, he would tell you that he's a really important piece to this defense. I'm sure it's not as simple as this, but a lot of people are having the conversation of, okay, Tremaine Edmonds is a free agent, and so is Jordan Poyer. So Tremaine Edmonds or Jordan Poyer spoke about uh, uh, the impact that Tremaine uh, Edmonds has on this defense. But what about Jordan Poyer? What type of impact does he have this year? Oof. He played as as – one of one yeah. kind of in that defense because Micah Hyde was not a part of the defense this season with that injury. But Jordan Poyer was also in and out of the lineup with in injuries, but played through a lot of that and proved that when he was on the on the field, the Bills usually won the game. Now, I, I would argue, and again, I always I always feel like there's things. Well, not I, I always feel I know there are things I don't know that if I was speaking to Leslie Frazier or a defensive coach that they would tell me things I couldn't possibly know because I'm not part of the process. But I would I would argue just based on the NFL today that Jordan Poyer and that position is ultimately a more important position than Tremaine Edwards. I would make that argument um, just based on, you know, looking at the whole league, that in today's NFL, that safety position is really, really critical. And Jordan Poyer, to me, is a really solid football player. Um, you know, when Hyde and, and Poyer are healthy, you know, that's as good a safety tandem as there is in the league. And I think that's really, really important to the success of this defense. And you you talk about other defenders who you kind of you, – you, the conversation always comes up when a guy like uh, Ed Oliver gets to the end of his rookie deal, how good sure. has he been? Has he met expectations? Uh, certainly he's the kind of guy who has played a ton of reps and gotten a ton of playing time for the Buffalo Bills. So if he's gone, whether you like him or not, it's a huge void they have to fill. Uh, give us an idea of your thumbnail about – Ed Oliver, what he is, what he can be, and and how the team uses him, and and how yeah. you know what he means to other teams who face him. Well, it's funny just to really quickly respond to something you said, which I talk about all the time. You know, so many fans want players. Oh, you know, we should get rid of him, and that's always easy to say, Steve, as you know. But then you got to line someone else up, right? And then you know, it's always not that easy. Um, but you know, I think here would be the question about Ed Oliver, who I think has played overall pretty well and certainly has shown flashes of being, you know, a, a, a dynamic, explosive interior player. But I think when you draft a defensive tackle early on in the draft, which he was a he was a top 10 pick, was he not, if memory serves yeah, me correctly? Yes, he was yeah, so he's ninth, number, overall. ninth overall, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think in today's NFL, when you draft a defensive tackle, an interior defensive lineman in the top 10, 
what you're expecting is is high caliber pass rush. Um, and one could have that serious debate as to whether he has done that in his career. Now, he's had moments for sure. Um, and he's a very good run defender. He's, you know, he's he's always been viewed as that classic three technique, one gap player, which is the way they play their fronts. They predominantly play over fronts, which means the three technique is to the strong side of the offensive formation. Sometimes he'll be a one technique, but he's a gap player. That's what he is because he's got great quickness off the ball and great explosiveness off the ball. And we've seen that throughout the years. But the big question is, how do you ultimately feel about him as a pass rusher? And I think in the minds of many, and the tape tells you this as well, that's where it's been kind of erratic. You know, you'd like to see him, again, sacks are not the be-all and end-all. It's not as if he has to have 18 sacks. But the question is, is he, cons- is he a consistent enough pass rusher for what you need at that position? And the conversation with him has been, you know, when he takes on double teams, he kind of disappears in the lineup or you don't see that production that you would want out of Ed Oliver, even when he's taking on double teams. But when Von Miller got hurt and was out of that defensive line rotation, what was the difference with and without Von Miller in terms Uh, of the defensive line pressuring the quarterback? Maddie, that's that was in many ways a major deal with the season because Von Miller is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL and has been for years. And they did not have that guy, you know, they did not have a great four man D line pass rush. Once Von Miller left, they had moments. Every team has moments, but he was really the catalyst. And this is not a high percentage blitz defense. Do they blitz? Yes. And one thing they like to do is what we call four-man zone exchange pressures, where they drop out a defensive lineman and they add in usually Milano as the fourth rusher, but it's still a four-man rush. They're not a big five-man rush defense. They're certainly not a six-man zero coverage defense. So, you know, I think when you lose Von Miller, you really lose that edge rusher. But And not only that, guys, but you know it totally changes how offenses play against you. Von Miller has to be accounted for, particularly in certain situations. They did not have anybody on the edge who needed to be accounted for in that way. Yeah, that and no question, when he went down in the Thanksgiving game, certainly the Bills' defense changed. And, and I think yep. the, you're right. The, the way offenses viewed the Bills' defense – dictated different attack methods and and the bills yeah. you know had to deal with that and and certainly they were on a seven game winning streak at the end of the season but um you know they were winning a lot of games by by a single possession and if you look now let's flip it over to the other side of the football um the conversations we've been having with our listeners and our fans and the feedback we've been getting and, and we've been putting it out there as well um the bills need to upgrade and get a more dominant offensive line and more weapons for Josh Allen. So it sounds like yep. it sounds like they really struggled offensively. Well, they were number two in yards and number two in points. It's, pre- it's pretty good. It's a pretty good year they had. But there always was times when it looked like they short circuited. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the Bills' offense going forward? Is it per- you know is it personnel? Is it scheme? Is it drops? And certainly turnovers were a big issue. You know what, Steve? It's kind of an enigma wrapped in a riddle here because you nailed it. They score a lot of points. But I think if you really study on film, as I do their offense, the things you said are absolutely true. The offensive line needs to be upgraded. It's 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 I would say 
uh, that it's probably in terms of talent average to below average. And I personally believe they have a great O-line coach in Aaron Cromer. So I think they need more talent. Um, I think in terms of weapons, yes, they need more weapons. Um, really, other than Diggs, who did you feel you could count on on a week-to-week basis? Um, and then the run game, you know, uh, this is a Ken Dorsey question and, and probably a whole organizational question, is what is the run game going to be? You know, it's it, to me, watching tape, I almost felt like the run game was a case where, hey, we need to run the ball now, so let's hand it off because we have to throw in a few runs here and there. And if it happened to work in that given game, maybe they'd run it a little more. But I didn't feel like there was a strong marriage or connection between the run game and the pass game. Um, and, you know, as, as I think I've said to you and Maddie, you weren't I don't think you were on when I said this. It's very hard to live with. Let Josh be great every single week. And Josh is great. And we all got mesmerized myself. I think everybody by what he did in the two playoff games last year. And we started to think he was going to play that way every single week. And that's really, and Steve, you know, this, you know, you played with a hall of fame quarterback. That's hard to do every single week in the NFL. And, you know, you need, you need other ways to win besides your quarterback, just being great every single week. Yeah. We, and I'll just say this, we, we always had the conversation week in, week out. You figure you're going to get digs, and the other team was going to focus on him. And Bills yeah. fan, and this is an illustration of what Bills fans felt. Gosh, I hope Gabe Davis has a good matchup this week, or I hope Isaiah McKenzie has a game this week, or I hope, you know, uh, you know, Khalil Shakir has a game this week. You never right. had this like, like I don't care if they can take digs away because we'll kill him with. C.D. Lamb, or we'll kill him with T. Higgins, right. or we'll kill him with, you know, yeah, the other guy. And the Bills were looking for that guy. Yeah, and and I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, and, and I just, I, the run game to me is, and again, I'm not suggesting that the run game, you know, that become the foundation of the offense. I'm not suggesting they morph into the Titans, you know, and give it to one back 25 or 30 times. But, you know, there are times just in given games where you need to line up and run the ball. How many times this year, Steve and Maddie, did we see the Bills being ahead by maybe even it was one score, you know, close games sort of ahead late third quarter, early fourth quarter, where you'd like to be able to line up, run the ball, eat a little clock, maybe you mix in a play action pass, and they would come out and throw three straight passes, and they'd punt, and literally 30 seconds would go off the clock. Right. Too many times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when you have an offense like that where you want to be able to go to the run game to to take time off the clock and to really control the entire game in the clock, you look to a player who hopefully can maybe grow into a bigger role next season in James Cook, who could be involved in the run game and the passing game. We, yes. we saw flashes of what he could do down the stretch and how he could be effective, but that consistency isn't there yet. Hopefully it is in year number two for him. But how much of a leap and how how big of a role do you think he's capable of taking on within this offense based on what you saw this season from him? Yeah, and that's a great question, Maddie. I mean, my guess is no one would see him as a quote-unquote true foundation back. In other mm -hmm. words, a guy that you're going to give the ball to 250, 270 times. Um, and as I said, I don't think even though I believe the run game needs to be a more significant part of this offense are they ever going to be a true run first team where everything works off the run game so i think in that context cook could be a number one back um 
you know, I, I think he has the traits to do that uh, because you're not going to ask him, like I said, to have 22, 25 carries every week. And he really does give you a lot in the pass game. And he certainly got more playing time toward the end of the season. You started to see, you know, the reasons he was drafted in the second round. Um, and I think a lot of people had him as a player who would be drafted there. So I think he's an important player as they move forward. And it's an important offseason for how they decide they want to deploy him next year. You know, we're talking about now at this time of the year, um, you know, there's been some changes going on. Certainly the New England Patriots, everybody was hooting about the quality of their offense. And they had a couple of defensive guys calling plays over there, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Joe Judge, former head coach and, now, and special teams coordinator. And it did not go well. So they went back and got Bill no. O'Brien, um, brought another former – coach on the staff back for a second stint Mac Jones and what did you see from Mac Jones certainly it was a a little bit of a regression from his rookie year which is surprising to a lot of people but how do you think this marriage is going to go between Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones and this Patriot offense you know, I would expect it to go pretty well. You know, I've been fortunate enough to get to know Bryce Young a little bit. And I asked Bryce Young about Bill O'Brien and he loved him. He said, I love Bill O'Brien. You know, he lo I love everything about the way he coaches. So, you know, I would expect that to go well. Bill O'Brien, as you know, Steve, has been doing this for a long time. He's had a lot of success in the league. You know, things went south in Houston, not because of what he did as a coach, but because they had that whole issue with the front office and, you know, who should pick the players and who's the GM. Those are separate issues. That's not a factor now, you know, but he was there with Brady for three or four years. Um, he did a really good job in Houston with their offense. You know, he did obviously a really good job at, um, uh, at Alabama. He was the one actually at Penn State when Christian Hackenberg had the one great year as a freshman. So, you know, this guy has done a really, really good job with quarterbacks, and I would expect that to go well. I would expect Mac Jones, who from everything I understand, and I'm sure you've heard the same thing, I think Mac Jones wants to be coached hard. I think he's that kind of kid, and I think Bill O'Brien is that guy. Another team in the AFC East who added another big name at a coaching position is the Miami Dolphins. They add Vic Fangio as their defensive yeah. coordinator. And and this is a team who, who the Bills duked it out with this season. They went one and one in the regular season, ended up beating them in the playoffs by just three points. But these games always came down to the wire this season for the Bills. And I think we're expecting that going forward as the Miami Dolphins continue to get better. Do you think Vic can can help the Dolphins defense in the way that he's ran things before with different teams? Yes, and I think their defense will look different, and they'll have to study it hard because coaches coach against coaches, Maddie, as you probably now know. And Vic Fangio's defense is is different than what they were playing prior. They played a lot of man with a lot of pressure, and not that Vic doesn't play man or doesn't pressure ever, but his defense is not built foundationally around those two things. So it'll be a different defense that the Bills will have to prepare for in the division. He has. Vic does disciples throughout the league. So they've certainly played against a Vic Fangio style defense before, but now that it's in your division and you want to win those two division games, you really have to study that in great, great detail. I'm going to ask you about uh, the San Francisco 49ers. They're stuck in a, in a weird place. You hardly ever see this Yeah, the quarterback, their quarterback situation. Uh, Trey Lance, who started the season, got hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo took over and started playing well and got hurt. 
Then Brock Purdy, uh, who is Mr. Irrelevant, seventh-round draft pick. Nobody expected him to even take a snap or even be able to play. Won seven games for him to finish the year and got him to the championship game uh, and got hurt. What are the what do you you know what move is there for the Niners here and which one do you think in a, in a vacuum which guy's the better guy for them going forward? Well, Trey Lance will be the guy, and you know obviously they traded up to get him, Steve, and he's been there now for two full years, so he's going to get the shot. I think in an in an overall, if you're just looking at what each guy could do at his best. And, you know, we don't know about Trey Lance, but at their at his best, Lance gives you a more talented player. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the sample size is so small, we don't know. But in a sense, this is what they were waiting for, Trey Lance to be given the opportunity. Hopefully he stays healthy. And if he can reach that level, then Brock Purdy will probably be the backup as well as he played. And by the way, down the, the last couple of games, not counting the uh, the NFC Championship game when he didn't play that many snaps, Purdy started to show a couple of things that were probably a little concerning for Kyle Shanahan. You know, maybe things that could be corrected, but things that would have had to have been corrected. Um, but Trey Lance just has is a more talented quarterback than Brock Purdy. Another young quarterback and a team who has to figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position is the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. Uh, looking for deserving a long-term contract. Yeah. I mean, what he did with the Giants, 9-7 and seven is their regular season record. They, they beat the Vikings in that first round of the playoffs and unfortunately don't make it beyond that. I think some of us were, were looking forward to, to watching what the Giants yeah. could do because Brian Dayball and Joe Shane are over there who used to be with the Bills, several former Bills players also on that roster. Do you think Daniel Jones is the right fit long-term for the New York Giants based on the offense that they have? I mean, with Saquon Barkley, I know that's also a question mark up in the air for for him being a part of the Giants long term as well. Well, they'll they'll sign Daniel Jones, Maddie, because the bottom line is this is a great example of what we were talking about earlier. You know, some people might say, oh, you know, Daniel Jones, he's not a great quarterback. Well, you know, there's not a lot of great transcendent quarterbacks. They don't fall out of the sky. You got to line up and play. And Daniel Jones now, who's a smart kid, has a year in Brian Dable, uh, Brian Dable system, and he'll just get better. And the one thing that stood out is as the year progressed, they started to give Jones a little more uh, freedom. You know, they, they asked him to throw the ball more. Early in the year, they really were not doing that. This offense became much more Daniel Jones-based than Saquon Barkley-based, and I know he's a free agent as well. My guess is if they had to prioritize, they would prioritize Daniel Jones over Saquon Barkley because Jones will continue to get better in the context of this offense. He throws the ball well. He's got movement ability. You know, just because he's never going to be – Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or, or a Justin Herbert, that doesn't mean you can't line up and play and win with Daniel Jones. Greg, it's Super Bowl week coming up. Enjoy your time. I know you're going to go down out to Arizona, so enjoy travel safety, and thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks, guys. Always appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Greg. Good talking with you. All right, that was Greg Cosell does a bunch with the NFL ESPN NFL matchup um, always love having him on and love being a part of shows when he's on um, he knows so much about so many players um, and it's nice to hear from somebody on the outside that um, can yeah. dissect and and look into some of 
the Bills film on the season and and give a a fresh an take. Yes, an and it's also objective, take. right? Yeah. So he's not. Yeah. You know, we talk about him all the time, and and you you tend to get a little bit wrapped up in you and I and and Brownie, all of us here in, in our little little you know our, our little, our little world here yeah uh, we talk about him and think about him all the time it's nice to get somebody from the outside looking in and it's right and in this season i guess the last thing will you know, kind of came up again and again at this time of year it's it's okay to say okay we're going to say goodbye to this guy but how hard is it going to be to get a guy like that back you know or who are you going to line up in yeah, that if spot you're saying bye you also uh, need you to gotta sign say somebody hello. else <laughs> yeah. you say goodbye you got to say hello to something and and that sometimes is the best reason for not saying goodbye. Yeah, and the hardest reason to say goodbye uh, because you don't know what's out there. You don't know what's for certain if you're saying bye to somebody. Um, you don't always have that person lined up coming in here the next day. That could be solved through free agency or the NFL draft. So that picture of what the roster is going to look like is going to start to take shape over the next several weeks. Uh, we still have some time as the scouting combine is the beginning of March and free agency begins on March 15th is that date, the start of the 2023 league year, March 15th. So still over a month away, but we'll be talking plenty about that over the next month as we approach that big date on the NFL calendar. All right, break time for us. When we come back, we'll dip back into our fan mailbag. If you have anything to ask us, give us a call here at 803-0550. We're One Bills Live, presented by Clyda Health on Buffalo Bills Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.